Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University, the co-founder of the new TheLeveragists.com, as well as the co-founder of Divizio, the all-new affiliate network for people in all niches. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, joining us, and I will let Jack tell you all about our guest today. Hey, Jack. Howdy. Hi, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today we have Scott Bradley, who helps authors market their business books by strategically using social media, content marketing, and automated marketing funnels. He's helped one author build a $70,000 year continuity program, running a mass control style Frank Kern launch to their list. Right now, Scott is focused on building his educational publishing company, Productivity Professor, which is dedicated to helping individuals build the specific systems, processes, and workflow methodologies in and around their business and personal lives to achieve their goals and complete tasks and projects in the most efficient and effective manner. Scott's been in internet marketing, social media, content marketing, and media buying world for well over eight years. He's experienced in working with subject matter experts to create leveraged passive income streams for them by helping sell their coaching programs and scalable offers in an automated, leveraged way. Scott, welcome. Scott, you're on mute. (laughs) Scott, are you here? Can you hear me? What is it with our technological difficulties these days? I wonder. Gina, are you here? Is anybody here? <laughs> Am I here? Hello, everybody. Sorry, Jack. I had a call that I just could not not take. I was just so where sitting here going, what? everyone has abandoned me. Everyone abandoned me. I can me. see him there. I'm going to try calling him. I think that's All right, not. I'm going to try him on Facebook. Oh, no. It just dropped the phone number off my screen. I think he's hanging up and calling back. Let's pray that that's what he's going to do. You don't happen to have a phone number for him, do you, Jack? Even better. I have his Facebook. Oh, even better is right. Good <laughs> job, Jack. Hey, wait, maybe, maybe. Can you hear me? Hello? Is, we can hear you. Hello. Can Isn't you hear me? technology there you are. wonderful, Scott? Oh, God, got to love the little technology. It, it's like I like, always like to say technology is great when it works, right? And you yeah. were here like five or six minutes before the show started. So, guys, it wasn't that he wasn't trying. He really was. <laughs> well, listen, let's let's kind of press the reset button here, and we'll start off by me saying that, Jack, thank you so much for having me be here. 
I'm really excited to share and uh, interact with you guys today. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, I just gave you just the best introduction you could that money could buy. Thanks for that ten bucks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's all the that's all the formal stuff. But what got you out of bed this morning so excited to be alive? That's how we like to start our shows. What's man? What a, what's what big in your world right now? Is. What a great question that is. You know, what gets me out of bed every morning is every time I go to my email inbox and look at all the people that I am serving that that are sharing with me. Hey Scott, watch your video in your in your program. It absolutely changed my life. Thank you so much. Um, you know, really, what I do and what what well, the reason why I get up every morning is because I am focused and motivated to serve people in the best way that I know how, and really move forward and help everybody that I possibly can get whatever results that they're going after, no matter what business they're building, or no matter what niche they are in. It's like you know, helping people solve problems and challenges either in their business or their life. That's why I get up every morning, and it's an absolute pleasure. Awesome. See, I, Gina, I love how people are starting to catch on to this question, and then they hear us asking it on the show, and they come prepared like Scott just did. <laughs> it's Some awesome, people will go, eh, I don't know what got me out of bed. One answer was I had to pee. That was last week. And another answer was uh, the kids. And we all know the de facto biological things that happen to get people out of bed. But you nailed it, Scott. Good job. You get the prize for the day. So specifically, what, uh, what, what kinds of things are, are you most fond of working with people on? I know we, we snuck the word leverage into your, uh, into your introduction there. And I know you're quite the leveragist and, and love to help people um, God, you've got a really, actually a really big, deep bench of things that you've done. I know you. Uh, I don't know how many people still know you as this. I think they, they do uh, because of your YouTube channel and everything and all your videos as the guy who knows the most about Evernote of anybody I know. So there's <laughs> that and productivity and all of that stuff. But where would you like to go with any of that? I know I just you know, totally threw a ton, ton of things at you. It's okay. We can, like, really start maybe on the leverage side and, like, helping people. You know, a lot of my back-end experience and a lot of my experience in the past, as you guys heard in my introduction, was really all about helping people build the specific systems in and around their business, you know, to auto, you know, scale their offers in an automatic leveraged way. So, you know, really what does that really mean because that's a lot of garbly goop for most people. You know, the majority of the people that I've worked with in the past were, you know, subject matter experts. They had a book, they had an audience, but they didn't know how to get to the money quickly or they didn't know how to leverage what their audience already was or the audience that they were going to build. So, you know, I always used to package myself with clients in the past and I literally just said, listen, I can help you do all the other stuff except, you know, anything regarding your marketing except the pretty pictures and the hardcore technical geeky end back end. <laughs> and, um, you know, with all that yeah. said, that was leveraging the concept of, you know, using systems to do the heavy lifting so that we, you know, me working with the client could focus on all of the front-end marketing side that would be pushing people into our direct response marketing funnel. You know, a, a really strategic thing that I've done in the past that really created a lot of leverage um, was back in the very first person that I was working with, our strategy was, you know, leverage blog content, push traffic through it, build an opt-in email list, you know, just, you know, traffic to blog posts, blog posts to opt-in, and literally let's nurture those leads in a very, you know, high-touch environment 
and see what they need, what problems they have, and how we can serve them. So, you know, when we're looking at the concept of leverage and what this show is all about, um, from doing that with multiple people in multiple niches, working with, you know, New York Times best-selling authors, all the way down to the brand-new self-published author who is really hungry, we were leveraging all of those specific tools and stuff that were, you know, were sold every month, every week, every year. You know, our emails full of, hey, use this tool, use that tool, whatever. You know, really what those tools are, are, you know, mechanisms to create leverage and scale. So, you know, all of that has really translated from all of my past experience working in multiple different niches with multiple different people, solving multiple different, different problems in multiple contexts. Um, it really kind of led me to learning, you know, where was a lot of the breakdowns in most of those types of operations and in most businesses. And, you know, it's so funny how the Evernote Scott YouTube channel showed up because it was really, while I was doing all of this consulting, it was just that traffic side project where, you know, I, I've been using Evernote, gosh, for, you know, well over, let me see, three, four, maybe four plus years. And, you know, I'm like, you know what? I, I was just messing around on Evernote. I'm going to go to YouTube and see what's on there. And sure enough, the movies were way too long, not high quality, you know, totally not to the point. And I said to myself, I'm just going to create this little side project and see what happens. Well, you know, what's so funny is I created two videos. I threw them up on the YouTube channel in April of 2012. And I'm like, let's see what happens. Well, what's really funny about that whole situation, and really, you know, if we're talking about leverage, leveraging the power of YouTube to generate exposure and generate leads and generate, you know, you know, one-on-one -on -one relationships with people that eventually lead to, you know, business or, you know, funneling people to wherever they need to go, is that I, I just let those two videos sit on the channel. And then about six months later, I went and looked at one of the videos, and it had 30,000 views on it. And what's so <laughs> remarkable about that is that, you know, that's, that's for someone who, before that ever happened, I was helping people push anywhere between twenty to 70,000 visitors a month leveraging social media through their websites. And I looked at this result, and I'm like, I didn't even proactively push traffic through it on purpose. It just happened organically. And <laughs> at that point, I'm like, there is a niche here. I'm just going to kind of keep pushing this along and say, okay, I'll put up a video every two weeks of just showing people how to use Evernote to be, you know, more productive either in their business or their life or whatever. So literally from that place and from seeing, oh, my God, there's 30,000 views on a video that I didn't even proactively do any effort to push traffic through, I said, okay, I'm going to just put my head down to do one or two a week or one or two a month, sorry. And from that place, I ended up building the YouTube channel. You know, we're talking about leverage here, just leveraging the power of YouTube. You know, that right now that that channel, the Evernote Scott channel, has well over 1.3 million views since April of 2012, over 20,000 YouTube subscribers. Um, Google has paid me a little over $15,000 just in Google AdSense revenue. And um, I also built an email list of well over 3,000 people who all wanted to know and all wanted me to email them when the next YouTube video was published. So, you know, it's just amazing at how something like that that was just a total side project 
you know, it, it really inspired the company that I'm building right now with Productivity Professor. And, you know, there's multiple things of leverage in all of what I just shared. So, you know, if we want, we could dig into that. It's really up to you guys where you want to go. Let me ask well, you a, a real quick question. Do you know sure. Dr. Brad Semp? I don't, know. So Brad started out much like you did with Evernote, kind of a little side project, wasn't really something he was focused on, but needed to learn how to use it for himself anyway, and did a whole bunch of videos while he was doing it. Well, he put them up on YouTube, got so much exposure for it, that Evernote showed up on his doorstep. Evernote had been selling their training to help monetize Evernote. And Brad's training was so much more complete that they went to Brad saying, you know what, we would rather have your training for free for our people rather than just selling them our stuff. Could you put anything else on the back end of it? Well, he has this course called Busyness, and it's all about how to be less busy and more productive. So he put that on the back end, and ever since that, I think it's about two and a half, maybe three years now, Evernote sends people to Brad where they opt in for his training, which then cookies them to Evernote's affiliate link for the busyness course, and they've been making more money using Brad's free stuff than they were selling their own training. So if you want wow, another great a... way of monetizing your videos, go check out busyness, B-U-S-Y-N-E-S-S dot com, and get hooked awesome. into their affiliate program. Well, that's really funny that you um, share that with me because I actually did reach out to Evernote, and they wanted nothing to do with me. Nothing. I am sure that had to do with Brad. Yeah, I I don't know what it it meant or what to make it mean, but I actually spoke to one of the people who was doing the content marketing at the time, and they just said, nope, um, we're, you know, we don't want to create any kind of thing or whatever. I'm like, okay, no problem, you know, whatever. So I just let it be. But that is an awesome story, really cool. uh, Talk about leveraging their audience. That's killer. It really yeah. was, and Brad's been on the show before. In fact, he was on the show about a month after that JV came to be. So, oh wow, awesome! If you guys want to well, dig through the archives from about three years ago, it is there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, that does go to show. You know, you never know. I love how you kept referring to it as a side project, and you know, I wonder how many people put things that at the moment at least they're really passionate about and interested in, in a category of, um, you know, a little sidecar, little side project thing. And then inadvertently, like it did for you, just blew up, like just blows up. Like, what the hell? I mean, the universe is trying to tell you something when you, you see courses like crazy on how to do YouTube and how to get a lot of subscribers and how to get a lot of traffic. And it makes you think it must be really hard to do. Would there be all these courses? And then you throw up a couple of videos and get 30,000 views, and you weren't even trying. Like you didn't, you know, you didn't buy any of the courses, and you didn't do any of that stuff. It just happened. And sometimes I think the universe is just telling us, you know, hey, like it did you, and you picked up on it, and you capitalized on it by doing more videos and paying more attention to that. And it really becomes 
a much more important part of your creation story and your history than you probably ever dreamt it would when you just slapped up a couple of those videos and then forgot about them for a while. And now you're on an interview in 2016, and we're talking about it because it's that important, because it really informed all the way up to your current company um, the next moves that you made. So it's really instructive, right. I think, for people to look at their side projects. Look at things that you think is just a – you know, a thing that you want to do, but that's not going to pay the bills. You tell yourself all these different things. This isn't my thing. This isn't what I pictured myself doing. Go look at those again in light of what Scott just told you because, that, you know, you might have a whole bunch of views on a, a YouTube video you just never even gave a second thought to after you put it up and used it for whatever you wanted to use it for at the moment. So great uh, instructive uh, information there. Well, here's, here's something that I also want to share that when I knew this was a serious potential market that is really willing to put up some money to, you know, serve. Like with Productivity Professor, you know, our core is, you know, educational publishing. So I have one scalable offer, and then the other thing that I do is the high-end consulting work. So, you know, I knew there was a market here with what was going on because I had somebody send me an email saying, hey, can you help me set up my Evernote? I am a, I am a liquor company in, out of New York, and I need somebody to do this to help orient, orient, orient Evernote for my team and making sure that I can build that system, processes, and workflows around how I operate each week so I don't have to be stressing out about all the millions of things that need to get done or you know, what have you. Um, and, you know, the game, after that happened and he paid me $1,000, I, I just find it's $1,000. Okay, here you go. It was kind of like one of those moments where you make your first Internet online sale, whether you're working with a client or it's for yourself, and you're like, oh, my God, people will actually pay money for this. I would have never thought that, you know. <laughs> and we yeah. all have had that situation, you know, before, especially a lot of the people that I'm sure that listen to this. And, you know, what's interesting also is that, as I was creating new videos on YouTube and, you know, it would hit my, you know, thousands of subscribers and I would send that email to the list, you know, that list was getting about a 40 to 50% open rate on those emails because that is what they wanted. And even more so, the crazy thing is, is that I would layer direct calls to action in the video. So, you know, two calls to actions that I can highlight. The first one was, um, at the beginning of the video, I would like kind of preface it saying, hey guys, you know, before I get into this video today, I want to give you the opportunity to reach out to me to let me know what niche you're in, what problems you're having from an Evernote or productivity standpoint, and I want to hear from you because I want your emails to inspire my future video content that I create for this channel to serve you. So little did I know that created a flood of emails, and like at this moment, I have well over 350 plus emails in a specific Gmail inbox that of, you know, people wrote me books and novels of here's my problem, here's my challenge, here's what I'm dealing with, here's what's wrong, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that got really serious to the point when I got an email from a CEO of a software company and he's like, hi, I'm a CEO of a software company. Help me, how would you set up my Evernote? And it was it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you've got, like, upper echelon people watching these videos. You've got small mom and pops watching these videos. You've got, you know, um, Internet entrepreneurs watching these videos, educational publishers, people with teams, people, like, 
I'm like, oh, this is my niche here. This is awesome. <laughs> so, you know, that was one call to action that I leveraged these YouTube videos for. And then another call to action kind of to help me build that email list, which, you know, if the people on this that are listening right now are using a YouTube channel, just know that, you know, even though you have subscribers and even though YouTube manages all of that, you know, in most cases when you publish your video, it doesn't send to all of those subscribers. It only sends to a select, a select number of them. And I even spoke to some people, a couple people at YouTube about that saying, you know, even though I may have 20,000, does it really go to the 20,000 if they're subscribed to 1,000 other channels? And they're like, no, we've got to help because we don't want to overload them with emails. So another very strategic leverage thing that I did in that YouTube channel out of the gate was I'm like, well, if my YouTube channel ever got shut down or it got taken down or it violated something and it wouldn't allow me to reach people, I'm going to layer this call to action in my video. So here's what I said. I would basically preface my videos at the very end or at the very beginning. It would just, you know, whatever I was feeling that day. And I would say, okay, guys, you know, before I get into this video, I want to let you know that, as you know, we can never fully 100% rely on YouTube in order to make sure that you're delivered the, the video that, I just, that I'm going to be publishing in the future. So what I want you to do is go to scottbradley.name forward slash Evernote tips, put your name and email in there, and by doing that, it will ensure that every, email, every video that I upload to the YouTube channel, you will get instant access to it. Literally, I will upload it, I will send the email with the link, and you'll be good to go. So that is what led to that email list of well over 3,000 people that I'm now using as the seed list for Productivity Professor. I mean, it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those stories where you're like, God, how did you do what you do? And then it's like when you share it, people are like, no effing way. How, no way. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it really quite often is that. I think one of the things that we do when we um, – and good job on the uh, New York liquor guy. You know, I, you know who I was thinking about. I'm like, man, you I got Gary know. V? Gary Vaynerchuk? Oh, no. <laughs> I wish. That would anybody be awesome. Who, anybody knows their Gary V? Uh, history would have picked up on that one right there. I'm like, whoa, wow, cool. Yeah, who else is in there? And the, guy, and the thing is, the guy was probably contacting you because Gary Vee was putting him out of business. Uh, his, his liquor store. <laughs> well, he was actually in hard liquor. He, he was in hard liquor. So it was like he sold his main customer with bars, and then he had a sales force yeah. of people who all had their own individual territories. But, you know, he's like, help yeah. me set up the systems. What's my workflow? How do I use this tool to make my life easier. And so, you know, a lot of the people that I do work with in the productivity professor bit, you know, niche with that, it's like they come to me, they kind of fit into one of four buckets, right? There's, you know, but four buckets, two doors. Door number one is the employee door, and door number two is the entrepreneur door. And in door number one for the employee, draw, you know, door, there's the employee that just needs a productivity system specifically for themselves, and then the second type of employee is the one who is managing a team in the company, and they want the system built around their actual position as well as their, you know, team. So it's like a synergistic, you know, workflow between them as the leader and them and their team members. And then kind of the same thing flows over through the entrepreneur door. There's the solo entrepreneur that needs to build the workflows, the systems, the processes, and kind of like what is set up between them 
and their marketing system or them and their interaction with their employees or them and whatever that is for them. You know, in a, in, you know, in, in a solo entrepreneur case, setting up a sales funnel, you know, from a direct, direct marketing standpoint, there's a free way to do that. You know, I help them set that stuff up. So it's like entrepreneur door, it's the solo entrepreneur, or it's, you know, the entrepreneur with a team, whether the team is local or the team is virtual. You know, there's specific things that can be set up between you and your team members to make things easier, faster, more efficient, more fluid. And so, you know, aside from using Evernote, I also show people how to leverage multiple tools at once to solve their, you know, productivity challenges as well as, you know, whatever interactions that's going on with their team. But, yeah, all from an Evernote channel. I would never have thought it would lead to this, ever. <laughs> but it was like do you, it, it do, pulled me in, you know? Yeah, it called you out. And it's a, lot of, a lot of people feel like they have to effort their way forward on uh, their business, the idea that they've got, uh, where they want to go next, how they're going to level up to the next level. And they feel like it's all on their shoulders. If it's to be, it's up to me, right? But there are mm -hmm. really – lots of telltale signs that come up along the way that either you're paying attention and you see them or you're really head down thinking that you're making progress by working really hard and effort and sweating and trying to come up with, you know, how you're going to do this and, and you miss them. And I wonder mm -hmm. sometimes when people come to you, uh, especially the solopreneurs, which is our biggest audience here, you know, people who are, um, kind of running a bit of everything in their shop. They might have some virtual assistants and uh, maybe a staff member or two. But uh, do you find people, when they come to you, do they come to you with an overly complicated or overly ambitious or just an overly messed up situation that you first have to talk them out of all of the things that they want to organize so they have less to really organize? Because from your experience, it should be a lot simpler or what, what state do people like that come to you in on average? You know, it's in multiple different contexts. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, Jack, it's one of those things where, you know, it, like someone that I worked with, they were working as an employee in, a, um, in a, a, a care facility. And she's like, help me set up some systems around me and how I do what I do to make it easier and more efficient. You know, that was one of the situations where, they, most of them come to me with pure overwhelm, saying, I know I need help. I don't know exactly what the solution is going to be, but I trust in your ability to diagnose the issues and the problems and the challenges and get to the deepest, you know, deepest, deepest one-foot level if we're looking at a 30,000-foot 30, picture. Look at that one-foot level and say, okay, let's look at this little piece of whatever it is you're working on and let's talk about that first. Help me understand where that's going. Then we go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You know, and this is only specifically for the one-on-one -on -one type deals that I do with the company. But, you know, there is that scalable offer that helps people and empowers people to figure it out on their own. But really, to answer your question directly, it's the people that are overwhelmed. They know they can be doing better than they are as far as managing the workflow and the processes. And really what they're going after is help make things easier, more fluid, and help me solve these specific problems in my workflow and my processes because I know that if I dial this in, it's going to open up more time for me to allocate to revenue-producing activities. And if I know I can leverage my team and manage my team, specifically using Evernote and even multiple tools if necessary, 
you know, more time in revenue-producing activity time, no entrepreneur is ever going to argue about, you know, allocating time to that. So that is really my goal when I'm working with those um, solo entrepreneurial people. And, you know, to kind of address a problem that I see is that so many people obsess about the tools. And most of the people that I do work with, it's like, well, I have this tool and I have that tool and this is this done. I'm like, stop, 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 stop. Don't start with the tools. We got to first diagnose what you need and what your goals are so then we can configure the tools and what's out there or whatever we choose in the way that's going to best serve you, you know, for your productivity system to manage your personal life and or manage your business. You know, and it's kind of like, aside from people coming at me with very, a lot of overwhelm about what's going on in their business and managing all these things, it's like they also come to me with tool overwhelm going, I have this tool, I have that tool, I don't know what they all do, I don't know if I have multiplications of, you know, the same thing, help me figure out what that workflow system process, you know, so I can work with my Infusionsoft in a systematic way. I can work with my, um, you know, my Salesforce in a specific way. It kind of, you, as you speak with the, guy, with the guy who's overwhelmed and may have a lot of different tools, you, you really get down to the bottom of, okay, your goal is X, systems are Y, let's figure out what needs to be built to solve your X problem. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, I, 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 uh, it's a catch-22, right? You wouldn't have these people emailing you and asking you for help and everything if they didn't have a proclivity for focusing when they panic on tools. When they panic, they're like, I need a tool. I need a tool right now. Something's got to handle this. I need a system. I need a system right now because things are going crazy. And that's the, that's the kind of thing that draws them to you in the first place so you can't really knock it because – you know, they're, they, they're, they're, they solve problems with tools and software, yeah. like everybody does, but they probably have, you know, those people that wrote you a book uh, of their problem and everything, it tells me so much about that demographic, it's not even funny. You sat down and you wrote a whole book, you couldn't even summarize what your problem was without writing, you know, an, another edition of War and Peace. There's the problem, and that's beautiful because now you know now you know you have a market. If there's a lot more people like the book writers out there, then you knew you had something, right? You knew you were onto something, and that right. makes you a lot more better look into your market. But you're exactly right when you talk about you know people who are focused on solving a problem. They're, they they come to you in a, in a way where they're right in the middle of a specific problem. And you are somebody, uh, you know, like us who we're like, wait, let's back up and look at your whole thing. Why are you in this one problem mode? Because we can help with all kinds of stuff. And it might right. make it so that this problem isn't even actually a problem anymore. And it might be Evernote. It might be something else with your systems, your operations, whatever. But it, you can't really know what that needs to be until you stop panicking, you know, give them a paper bag and let them breathe into that for a while while you figure <laughs> out what their business is really about, what they're really after. Because right. we started this show off with your simple, simple story of something that happened. And, you know, everybody who's in panic mode and hyperventilating and not really – they're not seeing anything that the universe is trying to send them, nothing. Like, hey, here's a solution. Right. Nope, can't hear you. I'm trying to solve this problem. But this is a solution to your problem. Nope, i got to do this right now. Thanks, universe. Go ahead and take that, mm -hmm. and I'll just sit here and breathe into this bag. So <laughs> it, it's, it's 
crazy. It's almost like you're trying to you're the fire department trying to get a cat out of a tree. You know, and you know you're going to have to go up cases, in that tree and yes. get it. In most cases, yes. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because you know that way of thinking for people sometimes can be a challenge. You know, it's like okay, you got your problem, right. great, but let's look at the other layers so we can diagnose if the problem that you're experiencing is due to the root of another thing that's going on that we could look at first. You know, because in most cases, you know, from what I've seen and from the feedback that I've gotten from this YouTube channel, is it's like the state, it's just overwhelmed. It's, I have this thing, I have this thing, I have this thing, I have this thing, everything's a mess. You know, help me reorganize it and help me create that workflow around it so I can actually breathe, number one, focus on revenue-producing number, activities, number two, and actually bring the fun back into what I'm doing in my company. Um, you know, one of the things aside from working with people individually that I absolutely love is when people take the actionable information on the YouTube channel and they send me emails saying, Scott, I leveraged exactly what you were speaking about in this one video and my sales are up two times this year compared to last year. And like those emails are the best emails as you probably have experienced in the past as well. And to just go, God, a simple concept turns into helping somebody create more revenue, you know, or create more clarity or create more whatever. And then, like, what I become very present to in that moment, and this may sound a little egotistical, but whatever, it's like I am very focused on creating that ripple effect. So, you know, I look at that one person that sends me that email and goes, wow, he increased his revenue. I wonder if that allowed him to hire a new employee so he can scale up his operations, create more value for the marketplace, and impact the family of the person that he hired. You know, and if that person gets hired, then what does that, you know, fall into? And then if that falls into that, it's like the ripple effects that I am creating through this channel is another thing that gets me up in the morning. And it's not, you know, the same with the company. You know, as I start kind of scaling up the content marketing side for the company stuff, you know, I know all of those other things are going to happen. So, you know, aside from serving the market and the revenue generation and the leverage that I'm using with the YouTube channel and Infusionsoft and plus this and, you know, all of the lead pages, got all of lead pages, thank God for them. Um, you know, it's like just continue to add value to the world, continue to serve the market and continue to figure out what people need and give it to them and what problems they're having and help them solve it, you know? Yeah. Having a wake-up call where you inadvertently served an audience that was hungrier than you ever thought, maybe that you even thought there was an audience for. Um, and, I mean, that's a real wake-up call, right? It's like, uh, holy crap, there's really something But, Jack, here. let me point And I thought I was going to go over quick. here and do this. What's that? Oh, yeah. Let ahead. me jump in and point something out real quick because what Scott just said, if you're not careful, you could almost miss it. He's not just talking about serving alone. What he's really saying is serve and at the same time strategically monetize. One without yeah. the other does not turn into money in your bank account. That's a yeah. very good point. That's a very good point. And what I will just say is that a very hard lesson that I've had to learn over all of these years in serving all of these, um, you know, outside of the productivity space, in serving these authors was the moment we ever chose to do something only for the money, the moment it bombed, you know, and yep. it came from the selfish, the selfish place of I'm going to create this product, I'm going to shove it down the throat of the list, and we're going to make this. It never worked out how we thought, and if it worked, it maybe only worked a little bit, 
And, you know, in looking at all of those times where I made that mistake, the biggest takeaway that I got was be very clear on who you're serving and focus on serving by creating the solutions and the, pro- and the products and whatever you need to create to serve that one market. And, you know, those – I read a book um, about three years ago called The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco, who eventually became a good friend of mine. And he talks about, you know, when you selfishly go after a market that doesn't have a need or you, you create something out of the pure – the fact that you just do what you love and I'm going to do this because I love it, in most cases, that will bump. You know, it's like when you, when you shift the focus from I'm going to do it because I want to do it for this and instead kind of re-turn that around and say, okay, here's this market of people that I want to serve and I'm going to figure out a way to serve them by solving their problems, solving their challenges, and giving them the experiences and whatever it is that you give them in a really cool way, you're going to win. You cannot, you know, you can't lose with that. And the abundance of markets, to serve, it's, you know, insurmountable. It's like just choose the market you want to serve of people with the specific circumstances that you want to solve for them and just go after it and let that be your guide rather than, oh, do what you love and the money will follow. Like that was like right in between the eyes when I read that part of his book and I'm like, you know, he's right. When I think about all the things in the past that I did just because I love them, they always failed. And I was only thinking about me rather than the people that I really wanted to help. So, um, and one absolutely. other little distinction in what you just shared, there are always going to be two kinds of problems that you can help your market to solve. One is the problems your audience knows they have that they're actively looking for a solution to. And the second is all those you don't know what you don't know problems that are typically mm-hmm. the needs that you as an expert know they need, but they don't necessarily know they want it yet. Those needs are fine as long as they're on the back end. But that thing you do to serve has got to be equal to the the want that they already know that they have and are actively looking for a solution to. Yep. And thankfully, the, the amazing entrepreneurs that serve us as entrepreneurs with awesome, amazing software that helps us create leverage really makes it all possible. You know, the idea of, pushing a button, sending an email, and reaching anywhere between, you know, millions of people if they're on your list or through a media buy, you know, that you're spending money in and you can reach a market quickly. It's like the leverage of all of it, it's like it's created through the software that all these awesome, amazing entrepreneurs create. And it's just, you know, I can spend hours and hours just like looking at tools that help things leverage faster and help things scale quicker. And, you know, being in the productivity educational space, for me, you know, aside from learning what I'm doing, it's like how can I do things better, faster, quickly, and more efficiently so I can spend more time on the revenue-producing stuff and less time on the stuff that still needs to get done but doesn't bring money in. It's like finding ways to optimize that, that's really, you know, these tools create that possibility for us. I mean, I got to, you know, you love Infusion, you love lead pages, plus this, Vimeo, Wistia, you know, all these create amazing leverage for us, and it's just exciting to be in the time that we are because, man, I was at the Frank Kern event this weekend, the Alchemy event, and he's like, in, in all of history, we can reach anybody with anything, with any medium, and it's never been like this before. Like, it's, it's like the leverage of that and leveraging the tools that are available for us to create any result we want and serve whatever market we want 
It's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. This is a perfect segue. Thank you so much for uh, to, to give everybody the tip on uh, or a reminder if you already downloaded the Leverage Black Book uh, of the Eight Big Money Points of Leverage by Scott Manning that we include uh, for free in the book. It's part of a paid program, but his segment, which is one of the most requested uh, of all time, and the terabytes of training that we have at Directions University and the Leverages, um, and his Eight Big Money Points of Leverage talk is incredible. I mean, people love it. And what you were just talking about is perfect because <laughs> you, you, you hit upon several of those points. And if everybody wants to round it out, uh, just go to theleveragists.com and make sure that you have the black book. And you can uh, find a link in his chapter. I think it's chapter three, if I'm thinking correctly, chapter three or four. And you will get the podcast. So you'll be able to actually listen to one of the biggest leveragists that Gina and I know on the planet, Scott Manning, talk about his eight big um, uh, breakthroughs. It's really, really powerful stuff, and it kind of redefines how you look at everything and the opportunities that you decide to take. Then the second point about what you just said I think is really important because you did this. So I'm not talking about theory. I'm talking about fact. Is that When somebody comes out with a piece of software, a tool, a piece of technology, if it was perfect, if, if everything was perfect, they would have ideal training. And, and every, every how-to question regarding that tool, and, and can you imagine the millions of how-to questions that are just in Infusionsoft, let alone Evernote, <laughs> but Infusionsoft, I mean, that's why sometimes they call it, it got the name Confusionsoft because <laughs> it was traditionally so hard to use. And who made a whole bunch of money and got a whole bunch of attention than the people who were looking for opportunities, who, who had their eyes open for opportunities to serve? Wow, I see a lot of people having a really hard time with Evernote or what to do with it or how to do a particular thing within it or in Infusionsoft. And then people like you go out and you do videos, and it traces all the way back and starts to, 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 to tell the future of where exactly you're going to be going. Because people follow you for that. They love you for that. That was the thing that they wanted, like Gina said, and you gave them inadvertently. In this case, you gave a bigger audience than you thought, something they wanted more than you thought they ever would, and yep. you found their want. And now they think, wow, I got this video. It solved this little problem. But, they, but you know that those problems are going to daisy chain themselves over and over and over again until they realize they probably ought to talk to Scott because while he helped me with this one thing, and that's what I found, and it was, I would really appreciate it, I realized in the process I have a bigger problem than what I was just trying to solve with his videos. Let me get a hold of him because he made it very clear that all I had to do was email him, and you know I would be able to get help, and you did that. And it's brilliant. It's very smooth and simple. I'm sure that you've added a lot of other moving parts, and you're capable of doing so because you're a massively organized dude. But it started off very, very simple. And I want to keep people around that idea because, you know, we don't try to use all this software and all these tools and everything to complicate our lives or to fill in every blank. Like, you don't go into a library thinking, my God, I've got to read all these books. You go there because no. you have a book in mind. <laughs> well, nobody goes to libraries anymore, but uh, you don't go into Infusionsoft or Evernote and go, my God, I've got to use every single thing that the programmers of this tool thought would be interesting and useful to people. You don't solve a problem. And if you go to one of those tools and you don't actually have a problem in mind, 
then you're putting the cart before the horse, right? Yes, that's exactly right. And that's the, that's the you know what you just described is the driving conversation that I have with people saying, okay, yeah, you have this problem, but let's look at the root of the problem and the cause of the problem. And then we end up finding, and it opens up that can of worms where we realize, oh, okay, so that's happening because of this and because of this and because of this. So let's look at those three things that are causing that problem. Let's build a, you know, a workflow system process around that so the problem goes away and we create you know, the leverage stream of activity and the leverage stream of management in and around what you're doing. And they go, oh, that's so cool. You know, like one of the recent clients that I did within the past year he was, he was an educational, you know, in the educational publishing companies, like, I have a team, they're virtual, they're this, they're that. Help me figure out how I manage my own activity every day, and then help me build the system in Evernote to manage the team on a weekly basis. Go. You know, and then it's like, on that, it's like, okay, well, tell me about person number one. Tell me about your interaction with person number one. What does person number one do? Blah, 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 blah. And, like, what happens as I'm having these conversations is, like, in the back of my mind, those systems and processes and the workflows start start flowing. And I go, oh, what you just described, we can build a system that does this, 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 and this, boom, 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 done. Let's move to the next person. And it's just literally one to the next to the next to the next. But, yes, absolutely, um, what you just shared, absolutely poignant for sure. Poignant. That was our word of the day. You win $10. <laughs> um, you're winning all the prizes. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's really cool that um, that we got to have this talk <laughs> because we're it was awesome. covering things that I find people whose lives are in utter disarray all the time, and they come and they're like, I've got this, and I started working on this, and you know, and there's a lot of things laying all over the place, and there's no real road, clearly marked road forward when you find them. The poor people that you find on the side of the road of the internet superhighway. Uh, just stuck there with their with their hoods up and smoke coming out of the engine and <laughs> and it really is just people trying to overcomplicate things and I admire when there is a really complicated thing that ends up being really what you want to do. Lots and lots of people have built really giant businesses with intricate intermoving parts with things like Infusionsoft. They came to meet the the, the software came to meet their demand for what they needed but they were very, very clear on what they needed. And a lot of times when we go on uh, the web and we, we check our email and everything else, somebody says, here's a way to solve this problem. And sometimes we'll look at that and go, that is awesome. And then we'll just, you know, we didn't have that problem. <laughs> but all of a right. sudden we look at it, it's like, I'm going to create that problem so I can use that tool. <laughs> right. I'm going to pretend exactly. like I have that problem. Yeah, and it's kind of all backwards. So you have to be ever mindful not to, you know, get so up in the Internet's grill, like, wow, this is so amazing that we can do this stuff. I can talk to people in Australia, and I got all these people from all over the place coming and emailing me and everything. And you have to – you always get sidetracked, or at least there's something threatening to sidetrack you at all times because it is the – they call it the Internet of Things. I call it the Internet of Shiny Things. And it's always working its butt off to distract you at every single turn from your yes. mission. And if your yes. mission isn't even really clearly de defined, I'm going to be, as a marketer, I'm going to be able to distract you 100% of the time with no problem whatsoever, with stuff you don't need, at, the, right. at least at that moment. You've got to have well, that mission in place or it's, it's going to just derail you. 
Agreed. And to your point, Jack, you know, I think you said there's two types of people, at least, that are fallen to the niche of people that I can really serve and help. It's kind of like you've got the smoking car on the side of the road going, I'm about to give up. What do I do? How do I solve my problem? My, my engine is broken. What the hell, right? And then you've got the people that are coasting along, you know, down the road, you know, going from Vegas to California or vice versa. You know, I live in Vegas, so it's only appropriate, right? Um, but yet they're like, okay, yeah. I'm going 35 miles an hour. I like where I'm at. I like where I'm going. But I want to learn what do I need to build around me or build around my business to go 60 or to go 90. You know, in a, a, you know, so it's like it's, they fall into two different categories. It's the ones that don't know, but then it's the ones that are doing great but want to be better. And those are the, you know, aside from serving the people and helping the people that have those problems, I really love working with that second group just as much. Um, and it's like, oh, wow, have you thought about leveraging this? Have you thought about leveraging that? And so, you know, it's kind of, it's just a journey. You know, when you have conversations with people or if people come and, you know, they purchase my scalable offer and they come to find out they're doing, you know, seven figures a year and they're like, well, we want to do, you know, you know, two million instead of one million or whatever and go, okay, um, let's really dive into what you got going on, where the pieces of the puzzle that you may not be optimizing the best way possible, whether it's in their marketing or it's in their systems and workflows, like either, either client I'll work with, but I really like working with that second group. And I bet I know what you do when you get into those situations most often is you start figuring out where you can start pulling junk out like the Russian cosmonaut does up in their space station. You know, they're really rough with things that they kick things. And, you know, in the movies they do. They, I'm sure they don't do that sure. in real life. They kick things and they punch them and they rip wires out where they're really mad about <laughs> something not working. And I think a lot of people do that. I think when you come into a situation, my, my gut feel is, is to do kind of the same thing, maybe not as rough as a Russian cosmonaut, but start ripping some just superfluous, unneeded crap out of people's stuff. When you see it laying there, it's like, why do you have this? Why do you have that? But on the other hand, am I right about that at, at first? Yeah, I kind of say, give me the 30,000 foot of your business, and then let's start diving deep into what's in place to create the revenue. And then, we, then I identify as looking at, okay, we do this to create the revenue. We have this system to leverage this part of the revenue creation process. And it's in those kind of conversations where I'm like, oh, improve there, improve there, improve there, improve there. Okay, where do you want to start first? Okay, we'll start here. Drive in, rip it up, put it to the next thing. Okay, done. So, yes, in a sense, it was one more step before what you said. Yeah. So I think then a lot of people are like, well, I need to go from hundreds of thousands or thousands to millions. And what their first reaction is, I'm going to need a lot more, more, you know, because I'm going to be making more money and, and I want to do something really big from where I'm at. I'm going to have to start thinking in terms of things getting a lot more complicated. Nope. Is that kind of a, a fair assumption of what a lot of the people that come to you think that has to happen next? If I'm going to go from 100,000 to a million or 1.6 this year, are they thinking in terms of what you would normally do, or are they thinking, oh God, let's add the complication, let's add layers and layers of confusion to this whole thing? You know, Jack, I have not come across that yet, but I'm sure I will in the future. Really, the people that I've been dealing with, you know, for the past year, I only incorporated the company in January of 2015, is how do I do what I'm doing better, and what can we streamline that's already in place to create more time for me and my team to spend more time on revenue-producing activities? 
that is like they got streamline in mind. That's awesome. Yeah, streamline, optimize, optimize what we're doing so we can go from X to Y in the most efficient, effective way possible, and let's figure out what needs to be built, whether it's something built in Infusion or something built with a management program, either with Asana and Evernote or a combo of both. How do we create those workflows and systems and processes around what I'm already doing to get my results so that I can stay focused, things can be clear, I can get up from my desk and walk away and my mind won't be racing, you know, I won't have anxiety, so on and so forth. So it's more the hook of help me do what I do better so I can have more time to create more revenue and serve my market better. Um, more so yeah. than the, I need to make it complicated. But I do realize people will be that way, and we'll just address it the way it is. You know, it's kind of step to the left, step to the right, step to the left, step to the right. You know, you're always optimizing your process. So to get away from buzzwords a little bit and dive into a real-life thing, you talked about in your, in your intro um, – about helping somebody add 70 grand a year to their system. Now, how complicated was that actually? Because I know what you're talking about, the Frank Kern 40 launch kind of thing. That's not complicated, yet you added a great deal of revenue to that person's business. Yeah, so he was an author. He I initially came to him, he had no lit, no influence, no list, no nothing. Um and he we, he basically said there's not any money you know, to use on media buying or use on marketing or anything. And we, you know, I said, okay, I'll work with it, whatever I got to do. So literally, I said, well, we're going to leverage blog content, and we're going to push blog content through, you know, traffic through blog content. We were leveraging multiple different social media sites. We were building social media audiences back in, you know, 2007, 2008. So it was, it was when social media was just picking up that steam where it just went really mainstream, and it wasn't just some little college mess around thing. At that point, literally the way that our funnel worked was, you know, the blog post would be published, um, you know, we would have different pieces of content and different pieces, you know, our content strategy was wrapped around different types and modalities of articles. So what do I mean by that? You know, list posts, um, reason why posts, um, you know, history posts, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's different content buckets that can be created. So, you know, on Tuesday, that was like our list post day. And what we did was we would publish the blog, and then I would basically be the front man of the band as far as driving the traffic is concerned, and I would do what I did, and we would push twenty to 70,000 visitors a month through every piece of content that we created. And so from that point, our initial call to action, um, we were using a little tool called Ad Impact, which basically it allows, you know, a little sticky to pop up. Like if you go to my website, it's scottbradley.name or, uh, yeah, scottbradley.name or brilliantbusinessadvice.com, you're going to see these little, you know, sticky note things that pop up. Um, and those are powered by Ad Impact. So what we did was we would drive traffic to the blog, then the little yellow sticky says, hey, get the first three chapters of my book, you know, solve this problem, click here. It would be a click to an Ad Impact. You know, they'd click that little link. We would drop them on a capture page, and we would be collecting our email addresses. That was how we built our initial email list of people who downloaded the chapters, you know, and in the short run, the call to action in that PDF for those chapters was go to Amazon and buy the book. So that was kind of the initial front-end push to, you know, monetize those leads. Then around, you know, I started working with that person in September of 2008 and, you know, serving the business niche, and literally around the, let's see, around – Around May, we said, well, let's do a product launch. And I said, well, I already know how to do it. 
you know, I, you know, I've been watching and examining how Frank Kern, Evan Pagan, Jeff Walker, Ryan Dice, you know, all those guys have been doing their launches. And literally, I never bought Frank Kern's product, but I knew how to execute the launch just by watching them do what they do. So I just said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. We have our email list of about 3,000 people. Okay, what's your offer? Okay, we'll do an $80, $89 a month um, continuity program, and that's what we'll sell, and it will be a 12-month thing. And so we, I just literally helped them create the content, all the front-end launch stuff, you know, all the process, all the sequencing of about two, two and a half weeks or so of here's this when this email drops, here's when this thing goes, da 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 one thing next to the next. And it ended up that after the cart closed for the program, we had, I believe it was like 61 or 62 people um, sign up for 89 bucks a month, which, you know, equates to, you know, a $70,000 per year membership program. And uh, we did it within, I think the launch was about two and a half to three weeks. So that, that's kind of how How, how long was the ramp up with the list? How long did it take you to build his list before that? Um, we were or did he already have it? No, he, it was, he had it. Again, it was only an internal launch. So we were building that email list from September of 08. All, like I think we launched his book at the end of September. So we're going to be very technical. From November to June is basically the list that we got to 3,000. You know, and we created that perpetual traffic situation because of all the SEO and the links. So you know, more leads were always coming in. And there were even days where we were pushing about 100 leads a day given what we were doing. So um, that's kind of how it happened. That, that was the, wow. the real bottom line practical of the process that I followed that I learned how to do all this technology stuff and you know, figure out the challenges and the problems. And okay, well, what's the sequence of events? And one of the things that we did that I'll share that is you know, something I will most likely execute in my business is that to kick off the launch, we did a survey first, and then we literally we said, okay, you know, here's a, you know, here's a survey we're going to give you, you know, share what you want to share, you know, we asked some questions, and then we, we literally said, okay, sir, fill out the survey. Now, oh, based on our recent survey results, we decided to create some videos that we're going to serve you based on your answers in the survey. And then we kind of made that a full-blown conversation of, okay, well, here's video one, Video two, oh, in video two, it's like, well, I'm getting a lot of feedback about these videos, and, you know, it's making me realize that I need to create a program for you guys. So in a sense, it was almost as if from a leads perspective, they felt as if it was organically done, triggered by the survey, rather than a planned, like, we're going to do a launch, and there's going to be three videos, and da 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 and they just kind of know how that works. We leveraged the conversation around the hook on the front end of the survey to drive the creation of the program and the sale, selling of the program. So I feel like that worked out really well as well. Um, you know, and who knows what it did. I think we converted a little over 3% on the, the core list that he did. So Incredible. So it can really be that easy. I mean, you have to uh, tell people what you're talking about, and that adds up to a bunch of words. And you might mistake what Scott just talked about as being something complicated because of the words, but it is not. What happened was you guys saw the need to take some action. You needed to get some revenue in because he didn't have any money for ads and stuff, and it wasn't because he wanted money for ads and stuff to grow. It was Jack, really a symptom of a bigger problem. 
Oh, crap. Okay, Scott, where can we find every? Or where can everybody find you? ScottBradley.name, I know. Is there yep. anywhere else you'd like to send them? Yeah, and then I have a free presentation for the company. It's called The Main Reason Why You Aren't As Productive As You Could Be and How to Fix It. And what you could do is go to productivityprofessor.com forward slash main reason, main reason, productivityprofessor.com forward slash main reason, and that's where you can download that free presentation that goes over all of that. When we're having this much fun, it always happens. We come to the top of the hour. So <laughs> yeah. thanks so much, Scott, for showing up. We're going to have to do this again because I think we have a lot more to talk about. Um, Absolutely. And so thank you so much for being here today. And, Gina, back to you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Jack. And we'll be back same time, same place next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.